0: Hitler, anti-Semite, and anti-smoker. Who knew? I'm Kevin Leeson.
1: Excessive smoking has replaced my voice box with a speech synthesizer. I'm Joe Fulgian. It's another great episode, and we're not just blowing smoke up your ass. I'm Torn Atkinson. Welcome to Caustic Soda.
2: Tobacco is an agricultural product processed from the leaves of plants in the genus Nicotiana. Uh, it can be consumed, used as an organic pesticide, and in the form of nicotine tartrate used in some medicines. It is commonly used, uh, what we're going to talk about here mostly, is as a recreational drug, and it's a valuable cash crop for quite a few countries.
0: The tobacco plant itself, mm-hmm. is it like harmful if you don't do what tobacco companies do to it? Like, if you're not, like, putting all the chemicals in it and sticking it in a cigarette, like if you just, like, roll the leaf tobacco, what is that? Is that a cigar?
2: Is that, like, a Cuban cigar? Cigars and cigarettes use different strains of tobacco. Okay. Uh, so there's different types depending on what you're making generally. Um, but in answer to the question, is it safe to just smoke just natural tobacco? Mm-hmm. No. Or eat it? Or eat it, no. The nicotine itself is actually dangerous. It's not good for you. That but right? it is much safer to, say, uh, ingest it rather than smoking it in some other way. The common ways that you consume it is smoking, chewing, snuffing, or dipping tobacco.
1: Mm. What's well, interesting, dipping and chewing?
2: Dipping means that you put it between your uh, gums and your and your lip, and you just kind of leave it there. You don't actually chew on it. So it okay. uh, slowly seeps the juices out.
0: I went to uh, high school with a guy who wasn't french but had a strangely french name it was like denny arsenault or something like that mm-hmm. couldn't speak a word of french okay he loved to chew tobacco or loved to dip tobacco i guess he sat next to me in Homac and a bunch of other classes but you know it was sort of an like acquaintance i was kind of that uh smart guy that got along with the skids mm-hmm. and <laughs> you, wait wait
2: you were the smart guy
0: i know scary right wow but it's not saying much for, camp oh, I have, that's for sure. i would
2: have academically ruled that school
0: <laughs> it wasn't hard trust me anyways there was one day and you know he just was one of those guys who like literally in class had like a coffee cup in his hand so he could spit into it right <laughs> oh my god oh. Wow. so all day every day he had tobacco in his like right in the front of his lip right you know? and they just spit all day and one day he turned to me said you know I think there's a problem with my lip. You look at it for me and tell me what you think. I'm like, sure, whatever. (laughs) I would love to look at your lip. He leans forward and pulls his lip down, and there's a tiny man. No, (laughs) but there was there was an excavation because there was. Literally a trench in his gums and in his lower lip, where obviously all this chewing tobacco resided, Uh uh, which was unnatural in construction, without a doubt. I could actually see through his lower lip. Like, I could see his fingers. His lower lip had become so paper thin... That it was kind of semi-translucent. Like, I could see the shadows of his fingers moving, and yeah. he was, like, pulling his own lip down. Were you spooked? I said, you got to stop chewing tobacco, dude. There is something <laughs> no, seriously wrong with your lip. No, just I use can the other see, cheek. I can see through it. And to which his answer was, oh, I'll just stick it in the side now. Because he literally put it right down the front. Yeah. So yeah, i will just jam in the
2: So side. now, 20 years later, the entire front of his jaw is see-through. <laughs> I have no idea. He keeps moving. Never
0: it. talked to him again after high school, but uh, I did see through his lips. So I feel like we have one of those lifelong bonds,
2: right? That, okay. You know. So we, word origin: uh, tobacco uh, comes from tobacco, in part from an Arawakan, probably Taíno language of the Caribbean.
0: Yeah, because tobacco is from the Americas, right? Like before we discovered the New World, there was no tobacco in Europe. Correct
2: historian Bartolome de la Casas described how the first scout sent by Columbus into the interior of Cuba found, quote, men with half-burned wood in their hands and certain herbs to take their smokes, which are some dry herbs put in a certain leaf, also dry, like those the boys make on the day of the Passover of the Holy Ghost, and having lighted one part of it by the other, they suck, absorb, or receive the smoke inside with the breath, by which they become benumbed and almost drunk, and so it is said they do not feel fatigue. These muskets, as we call them, they called tobaccos i knew spaniards on this island of española who were accustomed to take it and being reprimanded for it by telling by telling them it was a vice they replied they were unable to cease using it i do not know what relish or benefit they found in it except
0: for the lack of fatigue and the the stumbling about as if drunk and etc etc right
1: (laughs) and then spanish cigarro probably comes from the Mayan Sicar to smoke rolled tobacco weaves.
2: Uh, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, Nicotiana, which is, Nicotiana is the genus of tobacco, is uh, named in honor of Jean Nicot, who was the French ambassador to Portugal, who in 1559 sent tobacco as a medicine to the court of Catherine de Medici.
0: And what is the fear of tobacco?
2: I've got two, uh, capnophobia and fumophobia.
0: <laughs> oh, fumophobia.
1: I would have thought capnophobia would be fear of capybaras, but... <laughs>
2: That would be capiphobia. Oh. barophobia?
1: Yogi barophobia.
2: <laughs> hey, boo boo, what's in this pack of smokes? <laughs> Sir Walter Raleigh is credited with taking the first Virginia tobacco to Europe early as 1578. Mm-hmm. He left a small tobacco box found in his cell shortly after his execution, and engraved upon it uh, was a Latin inscription which translates to. It was my companion at that most miserable time. <laughs> oh, so
0: Walter Raleigh, romanticized Like a teddy bear. It, even, he's the original Marble Man. <laughs> yeah, he is. Because he was a pretty cool dude. I mean, he traveled the world. He, like, swung a pretty big dick. I mean... Uh... <laughs> and we got to admit, he
2: didn't die from smoking.
1: <laughs> now, if we're talking about in history, ancient Greek physician Hippocrates recommended the inhalation of smoke. Not tobacco smoke, but just... Mm-hmm. The inhalation of smoke. Right. Okay. Hang your head for, over a
0: fire and just give a good heave. Yeah. For female diseases. Now, for those of us who are listening and not in the room with us, uh, Torrin just air-quoted I, I that. I
2: heard that he, he added the emphasis, the air quote <laughs> emphasis to the way he said it. It was good. Yeah.
0: As did Pliny the Elder as a cure, or
1: Pliny, I don't know. Pliny. It? Pliny yeah. the Elder as a cure for coughs. A cure for was to inhale smoke
2: well it's because it's Mm -hmm. it's like when you get the hair of the dog well it's like when you get an injury like you you know you've got a toothache so instead you hit your hand so you forget about the the toothache Uh
0: here's my problem with the whole hippocrates thing right like we still adhere very strongly to this hippocratic oath and yet this is the same guy who was telling people to inhale smoke to cure coughing and women problems it's
1: because the oath came after him (laughs)
0: <laughs> Not yeah, jeering. Him. Yeah, yeah, he didn't actually invent the oath. because I'm just seeing his, advi- his advice seems suspect. This could throw the entire I don't think medical had, community
2: into question. He hadn't really discovered the double-blind study yet. So he just had all this anecdotal, you know, she was coughing, and then I made her breathe smoke, and the smoking made her cough, but it was different and better. I don't know.
1: <laughs> her eyes were bleeding, but this she is, wasn't is, coughing anymore. This is
2: the beginning where they don't know how everything works, and they're just trying to figure it out. Stuart King James I wrote uh, a counterblast, with an E on the end, to tobacco in 1604, which in which he denounced tobacco as a custom, loathsome to the eye, Ugh. hateful to the nose, uh. harmful to the brain... Dangerous to the lungs, and in the black, stinking fume thereof, nearest resembling the horrible stygian smoke of the pit that is bottomless. Oh, nice!
0: Wow! So this is the first anti-smoking campaign by a king, yes, the stygian king-o-less. pit this is uh this is pretty impressive you got Sir walter Raleigh calling it his like companion his, his the... last his final and best companion before yeah. he's executed and like a, a not 30 years later
2: the king is calling it the most loathsome and from the research i've done he's right the king is right this is bad stuff there's They'll another
1: anti-smoking it. campaign in nazi germany actually Adolf Hitler had a 25-cigarette-a-day habit early in life. He eventually came to find the addiction disgusting, Eventually, especially once German scientists discovered the link between tobacco and lung cancer, at which point the Fuhrer initiated the first anti-smoking campaign in modern history and the most successful one throughout World War II.
0: Well, (laughs) Hitler had a big advantage, though, because he had proven his willingness to kill people for the (laughs) smallest of crimes. So it's like when Hitler starts going, I don't think anybody in Germany should smoke anymore, and anybody who does will feel my wrath, people probably took him a little more seriously than uh, whoever, from a celebrity perspective, is now doing a PSA on, like, Hey, buddy, smoking may look cool, but it's bad for you, dude probably doesn't swing the same kind of stick.
2: Of course, this is going to be used by people who love to use Hitler as a counter-argument. Yeah, you know who else was against smoking? Hitler. Yeah, you know who else who breathed oxygen? Hitler. He was a bad dude, but that doesn't mean every single thing he did was bad.
0: I don't know, Joe. I think he convinced me with the first one. I think you're going to start smoking. Okay. I think he just flipped my switch right there. I can't get on side with anything Hitler's on side with. Joe, you just
1: flipped Kevin's switch.
2: I'm, it's not the first time. And it won't be the last. In 1609, John Rolfe arrived at the Jamestown Settlement in Virginia and is credited as the first settler to have successfully raised tobacco, uh, commonly referred to at that time as brown gold, <laughs> for commercial use.
3: That's right.
0: As opposed to those people who ate gold and then pooped. <laughs> brown gold because it was such a good cash crop?
2: Yeah. Because once you started using tobacco, you needed more tobacco. <laughs> so, you know, you give somebody their first hit for free, and they are a smoker Yeah, for life. but then there's
0: that whole, don't get high in your own supply, right? Like, you, you, you could smoke yourself out of house and home, right?
2: But I, was, I would guess that, you know, you could very easily, on a massive tobacco plantation, have enough for you to smoke as much as you want.
0: And still make a healthy still, profit. Yeah,
2: still charge tons. So where holidays.
0: was his settlement? Uh, Virginia. Virginia's still a very uh, tobacco... Slims, yeah. Yeah. Tobacco-centric economy.
2: Right. Throughout the 17th and 18th centuries, tobacco continued to be the cash crop of the Virginia colony as well as the Carolinas.
1: Okay. And And uh, Virginia Slotons.
2: And a historian of the American South in the late 1860s reported... An observant traveler in the South in 1865 said that in his belief, seven-tenths of all persons above the age of 12 years, both male and female, used tobacco in some form. Women could be seen at the doors of their cabins in their bare feet, in their dirty one-piece cotton garments, their chairs tipped back, smoking pipes made of corn cobs, into which were fitted reed stems or goose quills. Boys of eight or nine years of age and half-grown girls smoked. Women and girls dipped in their houses, on their porches, in the public parlour, of hotels and in the streets.
0: Sexy. Yeah, but people only live to like 33 years old or something (laughs) like that. So, you know, you you got to get them young.
2: You might as well spend those years enjoying your addiction, I don't... (laughs) Might be a contributing
0: factor to the fact they only lived to 33. Right.
2: Now, this was all before the first cigarette rolling machine, which is where tobacco production and use really uh, took off. And that was uh, in 1880. uh, James Albert Bonsack invented the first cigarette rolling machine. That's French for
0: good sack. I was about to say, that sounds like a totally (laughs) made-up name. He's probably, you know, a fugitive from French rule.
2: That's right. I'm good in the sack. Says so in my name. I thought he's just got
0: big testicles. Yeah,
2: beautiful. Big doesn't mean bomb. Shiny. It's not no, you're thinking it. of John
0: Grandsack.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Tarn. Uh So until he made this, cigarettes had been rolled by hand, uh, and ready-made cigarettes were a luxury item, uh, but they were becoming increasingly popular. His machine was able to produce 120,000 cigarettes in 10 hours, that's 200 a minute, which revolutionized the cigarette industry. Wow,
1: I would say so. And uh
0: shortly after that in
2: 1898 the tobacco mosaic virus was actually the first virus in history to be discovered.
1: Tobacco mosaic virus. Yeah. Did we is that get
0: a, a, a plant virus or a people virus? Yeah, a, did we get it from a plant
1: or? Did it's we, a plant
2: virus.
0: Okay, so it just started killing tobacco. People are like, we gotta stop this thing. Yeah. What is it?
2: Oh my god! It's. Making it so I'm only growing half the tobacco I need. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, it's an infection of the uh, tobacco plant uh, uh, Other and other members of the family
1: Solanaceae. Does it make m- it more or less delicious?
2: I would guess less. <laughs> Just guessing here. It can, can be really worse taste than... the virus in this <laughs> <Yeah. tube laughs> in <a cigarette. gasps>
0: This one has extra virus. Oh, it can't be as bad as some of the chemicals that they put in, it in cigarettes today.
2: It causes this gross-looking mottling on the leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Bad for the tobacco leaf, good Mm -hmm. for us.
0: Good for your lungs. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. (laughs) I like the principle. I don't know if it necessarily applies in this specific circumstance.
2: I kept trying to find uh, examples of tobacco being used as a medicine. I kept seeing mentions used as medicine, used as medicine, used in medicine. And I couldn't find anything about actually what it was used for, except for, and this is great... The tobacco smoke enema. Oh, I've got a picture right here. Oh, good Lord. Oh, that's going up. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. (laughs) So, a tobacco smoke enema was, as you may guess, a medical treatment employed by European physicians during uh, the 17th and 18th centuries for a range of ailments.
1: Appropriated Uh, from the North American Indians. Oh, wow. Yeah, they did the enemas as well. With a tobacco enema, who needs a friend? (laughs) (laughs) The, en- the enemy of my enema is my yeah, friend, yeah. or the
2: enemy enema of my enemy, <laughs> <laughs> the- or the enema of your enema. Can you? That's do that? too meta. That's like that's like an inception. You've gone enema. too
1: far, Joe.
2: It's, it's <laughs> an inception right. enema. You put an enema inside an enema inside an enema. You can't go too <laughs> far really down.
1: Concentrate the blackness. Uh, anyhow, uh, used to tr- treat gut pain, and attempts were often made to resuscitate victims of near drowning.
2: Yeah, oh my God, he's drowning! Quick, blow cigarette smoke up his butt. <laughs> it's
1: advanced lung theory. Advanced, advanced respiratory l- theory. To,
2: through, get to your lungs
0: through your anus. That is that's new. <laughs>
1: uh, in the early 19th century, the practice fell into decline when it was found that the principal active agent in tobacco, and nicotine, was poisonous.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, poisoning your bum. <laughs> That's no More so than usual. Uh, I have an early
1: example of uh, the use of this procedure described in 1809 by British physician Thomas Sydenham.
2: I would love to hear it. To to
1: cure iliac passion, which is, I guess, the old-timey word for bowel obstruction, (laughs) prescribed the following.
2: That's the first time I've ever heard passion being described for (coughs) a bowel obstruction.
1: Uh, British physician Thomas Sydenham being uh, played by James Mason, of course.
2: (laughs) Here, therefore, I
1: conceive it most proper to bleed first in the arm, and an hour or two afterwards to throw up a strong purging glyster That's enema. (laughs) And I know of none so strong and effectual as the smoke of tobacco, forced up through a large bladder into the bowels of an inverted pipe, which may be repeated after a short interval if the former, by giving a stool, does not open a passage downwards.
0: (laughs) Do you think uh, uh, somebody particularly talented could blow smoke rings afterwards?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, is the answer
1: to that question. So, certainly, there were a lot of uh, advertisements that said that there were many health benefits. Well, what to is that smoking. you have in your hand, Torn? I, I see
0: have, a particularly beautiful I love the piece name of, of this art. doctor.
1: I have Dr. Batty's for your health asthma cigarettes.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> I can't quite read the date, but it looks like since 1882. For the temporary relief of paroxysms of asthma, effectively treats asthma, hay fever, foul breath, all diseases of the throat. (laughs) Foul breath?
0: Treats foul breath? How foul must their breath have been that cigarette smoke was an improvement?
1: (laughs) Head colds, canker sores, bronchial irritations. Not recommended for children under six.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it's deadly poison. (laughs)
0: I know technically it's not snake oil, but I guess you can call it snake smoke. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know how you would have come to the conclusion that smoke could cure any of those things.
1: There are also certainly a lot of um, actors playing doctors in smoking ads, uh, even up through the 80s. Oh,
2: yeah. we've got. There's one doctor in Battlestar Galactica who's constantly smoking as well. The United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention describes tobacco use as, quote, the single most important preventable risk to human health in developed countries and an important cause of premature death worldwide.
0: Although good for population control.
2: Well, the problem is that it's got like a twenty-year lag. Nah. So you, they got to be smoking for twenty years, stinking up this whole place, and then they start to die off.
0: Could we make cigarettes stronger? Uh, that could be <laughs> right. You get on that, right?
2: That's uh, yeah. Start that's spreading a good, them around the third world. Uh... Smoking, which is kind of what we're going to concentrate on here, even though there are different ways of taking it. Smoking is a major risk factor for heart attacks, strokes, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, uh, including emphysema and chronic bronchitis, cancer, particularly lung cancer, cancers of the larynx and mouth, and pancreatic cancer. It also causes peripheral vascular disease and hypertension. Uh, as well, incidence of impotence is approximately 85% higher in male smokers compared to non smokers. Mm. And is a key factor causing erectile dysfunction. So if you can't get it up and you're a smoker, quit smoking.
0: Or just take Viagra. If you need an anti smoking campaign, they should really pump up yeah. that particular. They should instead, have all, instead
1: of having all those pictures of uh, mouth cancer on the front of uh, <laughs> just have cigarettes, have big big just have a big dick.
0: flaccid penis. <laughs> Although, or a small flaccid, cleanest is the case, maybe. Although you do have Viagra now, so people can just sm- right. continue smoking and take Viagra.
2: We've got I've got a chart here uh, of a whole bunch of 20 popular recreational drugs, mm-hmm. uh, with the x-axis being physical harm and the y-axis being dependence. Now, is the
1: x up and down, or is x across? X is
2: across. Okay. On it, it suggests that tobacco is the third most addictive and 14th most harmful of 20 popular recreational drugs. So the only two drugs that are more addictive than tobacco is cocaine at number two and heroin at number one.
0: And street methadone is actually just below tobacco. Street methadone
2: is a a four. So it is easier to quit meth than it is to quit smoking. Mm -hmm.
0: That is interesting. Even if
2: tobacco was not harmful that would be a great reason not to do it we
0: have got to put this graph on the website oh it's going up causticsodapodcast.com go there and check this one out that this is actually an interesting read i'm not a drug taker but i find this quite fascinating
2: you might want to start trying some cat though i, I, what, I don't
0: even know what that drug is it's K H A T.
2: it's a, it's another plant that you uh smoke and inhale
0: amphetamine like stimulant mm-hmm
2: the World Health Organization estimates that tobacco caused 5.4 million deaths in 2004 and 100 million deaths over the course of the 20th century.
0: Like I said, population control.
2: But again, it's all at the end of their life.
0: <sighs> That's the problem. It just makes the last few years, the autumn years, really crappy. Well, and and the, they probably don't not quite make it to the autumn years, the late summer years, the Labor
2: Day years. <laughs>
0: Well, smoking killed my Uncle Bert, which is why I'm pretty hardcore against the smoking thing. Because you liked your Uncle Bert. I did like Uncle Bert. He was a good guy.
2: My grandfather, uh, my, my dad's dad, was ridiculously addicted to cigarettes. And like when we would go visit him at his house, he was one of the weakest men I'd ever met. Mentally strong, but just could barely walk around his house without getting out of breath. Mm -hmm. And he had ashtrays everywhere, so he could smoke wherever he wanted without having to, again, move around. Mm -hmm. And he had just horrible emphysema. He could barely breathe. He could barely move. And he just would not quit. And his house smelled, and he smelled, and he was like the most wrinkled, like obviously ravaged by cigarette smoke man I'd ever met. And so I never wanted to smoke as a kid, because my parents both smoked, and I hated how they smelled, and I... Didn't like that my lungs were weak because of them. I had childhood asthma because my parents both smoked in the house.
0: Oh, but you, you could have actually smoked Uncle Baddies after the age of six to <laughs> oh, cure it. If
2: only. If only those are still available.
0: <laughs> actually, I said Uncle Baddies. I think it's doctor Dr. Baddies. Baddie's. <laughs> or even better, Uncle Dr. Baddies. <laughs> <laughs> Makes them seem so much more trustworthy. It's Dr. Uncle. <laughs> that's that's Dr. Uncle
1: D. I you, didn't sir. go to seven years of medical school to be called Mr. Uncle. <laughs>
2: Uh, I've also got another chart here, which actually does show the, the lag beto- between between uh, smoking increase and lung cancer. It charts, on the again, on the x-axis, we've got the years from 1900 to 1980, and the y-axis is both cigarette smoke per person per year and lung cancer deaths per 100,000 people. And starting off at 1900, you can see the incidence of cigarette smoking increasing quite rapidly. And then 20 years later, the lung cancer deaths per 100,000 people increases at almost exactly the same rate. And as a matter of fact, uh, just after 1945 or so, where smoking declined, there's an exact duplicate of decline in lung cancer deaths per 100,000 people you're 20 about years later.
1: In case you're wondering about the shape, it basically looks like Nessie. It The yeah, Loch
2: Monster. <laughs> we'll put that up.
0: That, that arching neck.
2: Uh, smoking also seems to cause a higher relative influenza risk in older populations than in younger populations. In a prospective study of community-dwelling people 60 to 90 years of age during 1993 of unimmunized people, so people who didn't take their flu shot, 23% of smokers had clinical influenza as compared with 6% of non-smokers. Wow, that's
0: a pretty big drop. 23% to 6%. I mean, that's a quarter. Like, that's pretty crazy.
2: You're yeah, four hundred times more likely. Yeah,
0: 400% more likely to contract influenza if you're a smoker is a non-smoker.
2: Smoking more than 20 cigarettes a day increases the risk of tuberculosis, which we talked about in our tuberculosis mm-hmm. episode, by two to four times. And being a current smoker has been linked to a fourfold increase in the risk of invasive... Pneumococcal disease. Now, I don't, Pneumococcal. Is, I don't know what that is. I don't know that is. That does
0: not sound good. It's that not- sounds like something I do not want. There'd be a fourfold chance better of me getting it. Well, pneumo means air, as we all know. And cockle means penis. <laughs> not true. Oh. The flu. Some sort of
2: airborne. streptococcus pneumoniae.
0: Yeah, well, that, that makes sense because we just talked about how you're four times more likely to get uh, the influenza. That was for and the then, 60
2: to 90 years of age. Yeah, you
0: know. yeah, and then it says in the very next paragraph, you're fourfold increase in the risk of invasive pneumococcal.
2: People who smoke are more uh, tense. They have more stress. Than people who don't smoke. And if they quit smoking, they become less stressed almost immediately. How like ironic is it
0: that most smokers claim that smoking is a stress reliever?
2: And there's a great reason for that. The reason is because... Is it the inverse square law? No. <laughs> I wish it was is because the reason that they're more stressed is because they're stressed because they are addicted to the nicotine and they're not getting it because they're not smoking constantly. Mm -hmm. And then, so they get this tension and this stress and then they smoke and it gets relieved because they're feeding that addiction. Right, but only temporarily. In their head, they're like, oh, smoking is making me less tense. Well, yes, but wanting to smoke is what's making you tense. Yeah,
0: like that if you weren't smoking in the first place, you wouldn't wouldn't have gotten that 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 initial tension tension that you need relieved.
2: Cigarettes to get rid of. Exactly. So just quit smoking.
0: Yeah, that's good advice.
2: Uh, why don't you do secondhand smoke?
0: Okay. Secondhand smoke is the kind of smoke you find in the thrift store.
2: You uh, Or, or bingo you, halls. You pick up the butts off the ground when you're mm-hmm. a bum and you relight them. Yeah. No. Secondhand smoke, of course, is the smoke that's in the air uh, around a smoker that a non-smoker can then breathe in. Uh, and that can ha- cause or, harm in a
0: few ways. Or for people who are really poor, free smoke. Free smoke. <laughs> yeah. If you're a
2: smoker, mm-hmm. just go in and... Breathe it all in. Nice. In the United States alone, each year, secondhand smoke is responsible for an estimated 46,000 deaths from heart disease in people who are currently Mm non-smokers. About 3,400 lung cancer deaths as a result of breathing secondhand smoke. Uh, Other breathing problems in non-smokers including coughing, mucus, Mm, chest discomfort, and reduced lung function. 50,000 to 300,000 lung infections, such as pneumonia and bronchitis, in children younger than 18 months of age, which result in 7,500 to 15,000 hospitalizations annually.
1: That's a lot of numbers. And
2: I will note that growing up as a child in a two-smoker household, both my parents smoked, I had pneumonia that I had to go to the hospital for at least twice.
0: There was a very effective anti-smoking campaign here. And I'm sure it was Canada only and maybe even only in British Columbia. But there was a woman who had been a lifelong uh, waitress. Mm -hmm. And she had never smoked a cigarette in her life. Right. And she was diagnosed with, you know... It was a
2: smoker's lung cancer. Smoker's lung cancer. Very
0: advanced lung cancer because they'd allowed smoking in restaurants and bars, like all these places that she'd worked, for 40 years. I mean, not even that long. I think she died... She died, like either in her late 40s or early 50s from this really advanced smokers Mm -hmm. type of lung cancer. It was really powerful because they actually got her to do these first-person testimonials. And at the very end of the commercial, you get that little rolling thing about, oh, she died at the age of blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. I think it was basically the beginning of the end of the campaign to ban smoking indoors in British Columbia.
2: That was the way that it had to get done, um, was to do it as worker safety. Yeah. Because that... the argument from all the people who didn't want to make smoking in public places and, in, and like uh, bars and restaurants illegal was, look, if you don't want to breathe in this dangerous smoke, don't go there. Right. and if you want to open up a your own bar or a restaurant that doesn't allow smoking go ahead but th- once they w- realized they were able to come at it from the point of the workers who don't have that choice that's right that's when BC was able to finally get rid of smoking in public places
0: yeah I mean I don't know how like other jurisdictions are doing it like it's it's illegal in California to smoke indoors and all the rest of that mm-hmm. stuff and I, I think they just legislated away yeah but uh, in BC they found the quickest and most effective way to was actually just change the regulations through workers compensation board and so now it's uh it's an occupational hazard for workers and so that's how they've right that's how they've gotten around to banning it
2: some of our listeners might be young enough that they don't understand just how prevalent smoking was even 20 years ago oh yeah like when i went to college in the late 80s uh the main building that you would go to was kind of x-shaped basically and at the center was the cafeteria and down each wing was a bunch of uh classrooms and you were allowed to smoke in that cafeteria indoors so I would go to college every day and I I would walk into the main doors right in the middle of that X to go to my classroom and it would just be a massive cloud of cigarette smoke indoors. It's awesome. Which then of course would just travel down each hallway and travel into each classroom. So I would be just breathing in at the very least the stench of smoke if not actually being able to see it during my every single class that I had. Oh yeah, you would just visit friends who smoked in their houses and their walls are yellow. Yeah. And that's the walls. <laughs> what are their lungs looking
1: like? Well, you remember we saw the uh, the lungs at Body Worlds, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the uh, smoker the lungs. smoker lungs yeah. versus a, r- a healthy lung.
0: Oh, and, but they had, the, they had the healthy lung, the smoker lung, and then and the, the coal miner lung. lung. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Should we talk about smoking during pregnancy, then?
2: Mm-hmm. I got a great picture for that. <laughs> okay, good.
1: <laughs> When you smoke during pregnancy, your baby is exposed to dangerous chemicals like nicotine, carbon monoxide, and tar. These chemicals can lessen the amount of oxygen that your baby gets. Oxygen is very important
0: for helping your baby grow healthy. Um, um I'm not, that sounds like kind of, you know, voodoo science there, Torn. Women who smoke during pregnancy
1: are more likely to have an ectopic pregnancy. Okay. That's kind of like an ectopic fail. Okay. It's kind of a play on epic fail, but it did not really work yeah, out that no. well.
0: <laughs> Ectopic is when you end up uh, getting in the fallopian tube instead of in the uterus.
2: Uh, it's the displacement of an organ or other body part.
1: Vaginal bleeding, placental abruption, which, in which the placenta peels away partially or almost completely from the uterine wall below, before delivery. Mm-hmm. I guess that's bad. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, placental previa, a low-lying placenta that covers part or all of the opening
0: of the uterus. I guess that's also bad. Uh, yeah, not as bad as not go, going without smoking for nine whole months. <laughs> a stillbirth?
1: Okay. Is that bad? What that is. Uh, depends. And babies born to women who smoke during pregnancy are more likely to be born with birth defects such as cleft lip or palate.
2: All right, so this is my favorite photo right here. This is Melissa Williamson, 35, a Bullet Avenue resident from the Roanoke Times. She's worried about the effect on her unborn child from the sound of jackhammers. And, and the photos, the, picture? <laughs> the pictures of her out on her front lawn pregnant smoking a cigarette. Out, totally
0: it, pregnant. With a, with a butt in her hand.
2: Those jackhammers are going to have some kind of effect on my child. <laughs> and I'm pissed off about it.
0: I'm so pissed off, i got to have a beer to calm my nerves. <laughs> are you done with secondhand smoke, then? Yep third hand
1: smoke there's an article in scientific american uh, in 2009 that's the only thing that i have there might be more stuff on this since then i don't know
0: so third hand smoke let me guess is when you have three hands and you can smoke three cigarettes at the same time
1: yes that's right and
0: it's bad for you yeah you have a third hand uh, three times surgically bad. surgically installed yeah. so you can because you're not smoke. getting enough You can have one hand lighting the cigarettes, and the other one, so you can smoke from both sides of your mouth at the same time. Or, alternately, uh, tobacco smoke
1: contamination that remains after the cigarette has been extinguished. Okay. So, uh, the cocktail of toxins that linger in carpets, sofas, clothes, and other materials. Basically, everything that I I have on my hoodie when I come back from band practice. (laughs) That's third hand smoke. (laughs) So third hand smoke is a relatively new concept, but one that has worried researchers and non smokers for several years uh, it 's only been recently given uh, a name and studied so I think there 's still a lot to learn. this may be this may be something that may be not
0: right the, nothing conclusive yet yeah.
1: to say that it will actually have a long term negative impact Not any studies directly linking third hand smoke to disease as opposed to second hand smoke, uh, but there are two hundred and fifty poisonous toxins found in cigarette smoke. Uh, like lead and cyanide and stuff like that, so it's something to keep tabs on, I guess right. I just don't see how you get
0: so say third hand smoke is like turn the walls you, like Joe was talking about earlier, yeah. or it gets in the drapes i I don't know, I don't necessarily buy that you can like, re inhale it from another piece of fabric
1: well, and, if you well, can
2: if you can smell it, then it's in the air, and, yeah, right? right, and
1: especially if you're like a kid who is rolling around on the carpets all day and hanging and they're low nice, where
0: the... And their nice pink lungs yeah. that are just <laughs> ready to be ravaged by it's, some sort of airborne particle.
2: It's probably nowhere near as bad as secondhand smoke or actually smoking, but that doesn't mean that it's
0: okay. not bad. Yeah. You know what you want to cure thirdhand smoke? Eating lead paint—that'll do it right there. Yeah. That'll like clean that right up.
2: Uh, I got a few more numbers on mortality. Male and female smokers lose an average of thirteen point four to fourteen point three years of life. Yeah, but those are the
1: years at the end say, of a person's life. Nobody you don't really want those. anyway.
2: I know everybody loves to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of happy seventy-year-olds. Well, I don't know a lot, but I know happy seventy-year-olds. Well,
1: and in effect, you're kind of, in a way, you're kind of compressing right those shitty years instead of looking like instead of feeling
0: like you're 50 you feel like you're 55 right right? right. my my uncle bird didn't even make it to 60 you're not going to make it to 60
2: um okay actually i'm going to quiz you guys i like quizzes what do you think no this is this is going to be i'm going to i'm going to want want two numbers from you guys all right six let me ask the question first okay (laughs) Male smokers versus male non-smokers. All right. What do you think the risk of dying from lung cancer before the age of 85 is for a male smoker? And what do you think it is for a male non-smoker? Can we go
1: the other way around? Non-smoker first and then smoker Sure, smoke non-smoker second.
2: first. So what do you think the risk of dying to lung cancer before the age of 85 is to a non- male is, non-smoker? This is a percentage? Percentage risk, yeah. Percentage I'm
1: going to go 5%. I'm going to say 8%.
2: Okay, it's actually 1.1%. It's quite low. Failure. it's pretty low. So what do you think is the risk of dying of lung cancer before the age of 85 for a male smoker?
1: 40%. I'm going to say 27.
2: It is 22%. Mm. It's a little lower than you thought, but it's still... So we
1: were both... When you look at both ways, we were over, so...
0: Yeah.
2: 20 times more likely to die from lung cancer.
1: Die die
2: die. Over 1 in 5 smokers will die of lung cancer before the age of 85, male smokers. Mm. It's surprisingly it's actually lower for female smokers. For female non-smokers because it all goes out the placenta. <laughs> for female non-smokers it's 0.8%. Uh, to die before the age of 85 to lung cancer and 11.9% for female smokers to die.
0: Huh. Maybe female smokers don't smoke as many cigarettes.
2: It's, yeah, there could be a lot of things, although when you see that there's a, it looks statistically significant difference in even the non-smokers, it could say something about how their, lung, their lungs function differently. Perhaps it's perhaps female lungs are smaller, so they take in less things that could cause cancer. I don't know.
0: I think Thorne had a pretty sweet idea about how you can just pass on a lot of the bad effect to your unborn children, and then it kind of like
1: cleanses
2: you out <laughs> a little bit,
3: right?
0: It's a baby enema.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm a fella with a heart of gold with the ways of a gentleman, I've been told. The kind of a fella that wouldn't even harm a flea. But if me and a certain character met, the guy that invented the cigarette, I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree. Now, it ain't cause that I don't smoke myself, and I don't reckon they hinder your health. I've smoked them all my life, and I ain't dead yet. But nicotine slaves are all the same at a petting party or a poker game. Everything's got to stop while they have that cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death, Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you hates to make him wait, but you just gotta have another cigarette. Now in a game of chance the other night, old Dame Fortune was doing me right. The kings and the queens, they just kept on coming around. Then I got a full and I bet it high, but my bluff didn't work on a certain guy. He just kept on a-raising and laying the money down. Now he'd raise me and I'd raise him. I sweated blood, I got a sink or swim. He finally called and then didn't raise the bet. I said, ace is full, pal, how about you? And he said, well, I'll tell you in just a minute or two, but right now I just gotta have a cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Huff, puff, puff, and if you smoke yourself to death. Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you hate to make him wait, but you just gotta have another cigarette. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? I, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it! Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Here, ahead of the pure white filter, Winston packs rich tobacco specially selected And specially processed for good flavor and filter
2: smoking. Yeah, Bonnie Winston
3: tastes good like a cigarette jug. In the
2: news. Iceland argues cigarettes are dangerous drugs. Iceland. They mustn't have very dangerous drugs there.
0: (laughs) That's not what Bjork told me. (laughs) Bjork uh, is the most dangerous drug of them all.
2: July 5th. 2011. Iceland isn't satisfied with being one of the few Western nations where hunting whales is still legal.
0: <laughs> this it. writer is so irreverent oh, no.
2: now the country is aiming its legislative harpoons at its own citizens
0: oh
1: legislative harpoons I like that least, this
0: person has a serious bee in their yeah. bonnet over this legal at least the ones who smoke I think Alan McDonald
1: wants to be a poet not a journalist <laughs> or a Greenpeace <laughs> activist one or the other
2: a proposed law would classify cigarettes in Iceland as prescription only narcotics to be obtained from a pharmacy under doctor's orders
0: okay what disease would you have to have to get a cigarette
2: prescription uh, addiction like, to Smoke cigarettes? Like, I don't seriously, have.
0: like, what What could they come up with where they'll like, they, they, they pull out the old uh, Dr. Batty's ad again? Like, I
2: have asthma. <laughs> give me my cigarettes.
0: I have a throat ailment. I
1: will a clear craving it. for nicotine that only t- tobacco prescription will cure. <laughs> yeah.
2: The measure scheduled for autumn debate in the Althing, Iceland's parliament, sets out a 10-year plan that would ban public smoking, confine cigarettes to br- plain brown packaging festooned with graphic health warnings, and treat smokers as drug addicts
0: just ban them don't turn them into an illegal controlled substance just ban it yeah like I... why go halfway like do one or the other like don't to, oh you can get a prescription for it you you can we'll sell it but it'll be in plain packaging with a graphic picture on it like it's a half measure like go 100 percent or go to zero
1: maybe it's just a way for everyone to be to not be able to get cigarettes except for the doctors <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah health professionals are the only ones who can now smoke
2: well it's not like it would stop it would just end up being like california's marijuana You'd have yeah. tobacco dispensaries and people would be like, Doctor, it's stress and you'd be like, Oh, here's a cigarette prescription.
0: But then why then why even do it at all? I right? agree.
2: It's so hard for me as a non smoker who thinks this is terrible but also believes in freedom. Even freedom to hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> to right. to come to grips with the way that this kind of thing should be dealt with. On the one hand, if you want to hurt yourself by smoking, that's your right. But on the other hand, wait, it's super addictive. Maybe you don't actually want to hurt yourself and are just addicted. Right. You and see, how dare you. they get you addicted? Yeah, and so many people rationalize it. Like, I, I have a friend who I was, like, saying how terrible smoking was, and I didn't like that she smoked. She's like, I fucking love smoking. And I just looked at her and just went, how can you even... It, it, it seems
0: very, like, 1945 Ava Gardner to utter something like that, yeah. right? Like the, it's,
2: that sounds to me... But it's
0: sexy and delicious. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: girls, you want to turn me off, smoke a cigarette. It's no good.
0: Oh, now I know why all the girls are smoking these days. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Keep Joe at bay.
2: <laughs>
0: Burn! <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Well... Uh, anything else in the news? Carry on, Iceland carry on well i'm not 100 sure that the icelandic legislature is going to listen to cossack soda and like reposition their their stand but i just like that they're called all thing all thing yeah it does sound like something that that odin would come up with right <laughs> it's like oh i'm creating a parliament you have your all thing
2: he's the all father he is the all father yes.
0: i pull out my all thing <laughs> <laughs> and it's a legislature.
2: All right, roll in the all thing chart to see what it does. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's how it works. They pass a law banning smoking.
2: <laughs> Damn
0: it!
1: I'm good. It's just
0: a little twenty sided die. <laughs> Nineteen. Take us to Parliament. Take two d six damage <laughs> in one, twenty years. One of the choices is they make a chariot fly. Oh, cool.
1: No, it's just like on one side has jail, another side has fine, <laughs> <laughs> community service. It's a three-sided die.
2: <laughs> July ninth, two thousand eleven. Uh, new cigarette warning labels a waste? Question mark? Question mark?
0: Uh, like now, which labels are we talking about? We're talking about the ones where these are the oh, right this they will graphic. Harm your unborn baby, or they show like a uh, they a show gray your buddy's long, or... thin lip.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, everybody's he thin lip, lip, has disgusting teeth, and giraffe, okay. and his yeah. diseased lungs. I have seen those. A recent analysis by the research firm IBIS World, or IBIS World, estimates that the new federally mandated, this would be uh, American federally?
1: I thought IBIS World was an aviary. Could. No, Ibex. No, that's an antelope. thing. You're confusing Ibex <laughs> as an ibis, as Kevin.
2: Again. Jeez. How many times do we have to go over this? <laughs> It's a good word in Scrabble, though. But you still know what the iPod is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'll start again. A recent analysis <laughs> by the research firm uh, Ibis World estimates that new federally mandated labels for cigarette packs will result in a decline of less than one percent of all U.S. tobacco sales in 2013. Well,
0: good for that one percent, I well, guess. I suppose. I mean, better than zero uh, percent.
2: The labels, which take up half the pack, both front and back, are slated to be on cigarette packs in the fall of 2012. Uh, the when color. they are not now. No, they are in Canada. We've had these yeah. in Canada since...
0: Oh. It's a couple of years. It's been a couple of years. Oh, quite Maybe a while. Some time. Yeah, like, like four ten... or five years. Oh, at least.
2: It's been more like 10, I think. The color labels include graphic images of the effects of smoking, including a picture of diseased lungs, a smoker wearing an oxygen mask, and a close-up of stained teeth and gum sores.
1: smoker wearing an oxygen mask. That'd be an awesome t-shirt. Where is the cigarette coming out? this little filter.
0: How much do you want to bet that Ibis World is actually a lobbying firm oh, that works for the tobacco companies? Or, or and hired? So, yeah. So they're sitting there going, "Oh, what's the point in all this extra expense and all this extra this and extra that? Because you're you're barely even going to make a dent in the number of smokers that are out there."
2: Whereas I could say one percent, okay, worth
0: it. Dr. Elizabeth Whalen, president of the New York-based American Council on Science and Health, says that smokers won't be deterred by new labels. How much you want to bet the American Council on Science and Health is heavily funded by Big Tobacco? They always have those, like, ironic names, like names that you would never, names that don't actually point out who pays the bills at all these places, like, you know, Family First. That sounds like a good thing. Everyone loves family. They're anti-gay marriage. Oh. But what about those families?
2: Those aren't families.
0: Yeah, We define what a family is in this house. The fact that the American Council on Science and Health sounds like they wouldn't have anything to do with tobacco leads me to believe that's precisely why they have something to do with tobacco.
1: As I recall, there was a um, Society for Lung Cancer that was actually (laughs) the Society for For Lung lung Cancer. cancer? (laughs) Not exactly, but it was a study that was uh, paid for by... Tobacco? by a tobacco company oh, yeah.
2: yeah so Waylon points out for habitual smokers the decision to light up is not a rational well considered one the nicotine in cigarettes is highly addictive and smokers simply need that physical hit she wrote in a national review article okay that makes it seem that she's probably pretty much oh
0: she might actually be for science and health
2: in truth the urge to have a smoke involves many behavioral and situational cues not at all addressed by the graphic warnings now I agree with her on that I no
1: pictures of faces that look like buttholes are (laughs) going to sway me from getting my hit
2: right look at I mean look at what the terrible things that people would do with all sorts of other drugs. look at what meth people who are meth addicts will do to to get a hit of meth right and it's Mm -hmm. nicotine is more addictive Mm -hmm. than meth yeah so i mean if you had to people would do horrible things to get that hit so seeing a package of a disgusting picture is probably not going to help however i think it might help deter new smokers Go out and try and buy yourself a new pack, and you see that, and you go, oh, you right. know what? Eh, or or you have the
0: anti on the label front, and you actually put the cigarettes in a smoker's lung, and so you got to take this blackened lung <laughs> home with you, oh, yeah. and pull your cigarettes out from inside of this preserved lung. Bam! <laughs> now there's like it's not just some like floofy picture. You got to like carry this black lung around with you.
1: I was just gonna suggest putting spikes in the packaging, but that's actually quite better.
0: <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. TM
1: Uh, Recently And I saw this On the TV show Destroyed in seconds Oh I love that show uh, there is a non-smoking day in Thailand every year. Yeah. Okay. And this one particular one, they had a giant cigarette, probably as long, not as long as a bus,
0: but... Does anybody know the catalyst? As long, is long as a short bus. They they have a short bus They have like a boat. national day where everybody's supposed to not smoke? I, well, it's where they <laughs> it's spread like the word that people shouldn't
2: smoke, because I think a lot of people in Thailand smoke. Well, and a lot of people in Asia smoke.
0: It. Like, yeah. the number one country in the world for smoking is China. It's a major emerging market. With like 1.2, people. They got a lot of people. people
2: there. We can kill off a few for a profit. Yeah, population control. I'm totally right back to square one it. on this
0: one. So this parade,
1: uh-huh. uh, they had this giant cigarette, and the mayor was supposed to ceremonially slice the cigarette in two. Okay. Um, but for some reason, it wasn't really explained, and they may not be sure, the investigation was inconclusive.
0: Oh, he's got, like, a samurai sword. Yeah, he's
1: got a samurai sword, and I don't know if there's a spark or something, but they had clearly filled the cigarette with uh, hydrogen,
0: So he cuts into it,
1: and and balloons they- come out, something pops, all the balloons are on fire, and... It's smoking is hazardous to your health. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it, actually, that's probably more effective than anything else they could have actually come <laughs> up with. Probably in the original idea that all the balloons were going to just fly away and it was going to be this whole free yourself from smoking message. But now it's, oh, we've burned all our eyebrows yeah, they off. they burned off their eyebrows.
1: It uh, burns on their hands. And,
0: and it was hilariously ironic. This, so pop culture, what do we got?
1: Thank you for smoking.
0: It's the first movie that I noticed that I uh, became fundamentally aware of Jason Reitman as a filmmaker because he adapted it from an original work and I just was blown away by yeah. the quality of the writing and the quality of the direction and all the rest of that stuff and that's when I sat up and took notice and I thought
2: it is excellently crafted yeah so Aaron Eckhart plays a lobbyist for the tobacco industry basically the lobbyist is it set in like the 70s no, no. it's set modern day okay. or, well, sorry, like the 90s 90s yeah. uh, late 80s something like that it's because supposed
0: it's, to be actually based on true events it's
2: it's yeah. It's just before the huge court case ruling that they were responsible for all the healthcare costs.
0: Okay. Yeah. So
2: it's before that.
0: So that's got to be late eighties, early nineties kind so, of thing in that like era. That.
2: And he plays a lobbyist for the tobacco industry, and he basically goes and does damage control. And he is the smoothest right. talker you're ever going to see. Like it, the very first scene is him on a daytime talk show where they've got a young teen boy who has lung cancer from smoking, and he's right. he's going through his his chemotherapy, he's got no hair, they've got angry parents on the panel, and they've got the kid there looking all sick and no-haired, and he just starts talking and turns the entire crowd onto his side yeah. and announces that the tobacco industry doesn't want kids to smoke. And so we're going to spend this much money no, no. to stop them. They
0: don't want kids to die. From so they, smoking, can, they can yeah. keep smoking. Yeah. So why would we want to kill our customers?
2: So they're going to spend $50 million to encourage kids not to smoke uh, right. and all that. So he basically does whatever it takes to allow them to continue to do, you know, to continue to make their all their profits. Sure. One thing that I really noticed watching this the second time, uh, because I saw it many years ago and loved it, is the show actually isn't really so much about smoking being bad for you. I mean, that's certainly there. Yeah. And they it's really a... drive home how terrible it is, even compared to. He's got two friends on this. He he and two friends who are also lobbyists. Yeah. One for the alcohol industry, one, one for, for the, the firearms oh, yeah, right. industry. They meet together and have dinner all the time. They call themselves the, the Merchants of the death. death. Yeah. And they really drive home in a couple of scenes just how much more dangerous and more deadly smoking is than alcohol uh, and firearms.
0: Yeah, they they kind of one-up each other. They
2: compare numbers. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, you know, I kill a thousand people a day. How many how many people die from firearms every month in America? And, yeah. you know, the guy doesn't really have much. Like, his answer's tiny compared to right. that. Yeah. That
1: reminds me of uh, Chris Wood's uh, recent art show, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms.
2: Oh, that's firearms. right. So what the movie really is about is this character being so good at dealing with any kind of drawback, like that he is so good at spinning anything. So the reason that they pump up how bad smoking is for you is simply to show doesn't matter how bad it is, this guy can deal with it. Right. He's that mm-hmm. good. Yes. So it's really a character study, even though you think it's a movie about smoking, yeah. but I think that's what makes it so enjoyable. Oh,
0: absolutely. And then, of course it's his relationship with his son and having yeah. to like rationalize what he does for a living, but, but by the same token, trying to give your son a worldview that is not an inherently cynical <laughs> one, right? right. So he's kind of like finds himself between a rock and a hard place in that front right it's just it's so brilliantly written it's pure genius yep smoke what is that it's a movie from the early 90s which interestingly enough this movie is not a jim jarmusch movie but this movie is what got me interested in jim jarmusch because Jim jim jarmusch he's a writer and director did one night on earth he did Dead Man with Johnny Depp he did Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai with Forrest Whitaker incredibly talented writer and director but he actually plays a character in the movie Smoke and Harvey Keitel owns a smoke shop and Jim Jarmusch comes into the smoke shop because he's determined he's going to quit smoking and he smoked his first cigarette bought his first cigarette at Harvey Keitel's shop so he wanted to smoke his last cigarette Uh, with Harvey Keitel and so he sits there and he just talks about his last cigarette and just Romanticizes the whole like thing of smoking, and you're watching him go through this whole thing. You're thinking to yourself, by the end of the scene, there is no way this guy's gonna quit smoking. Like mm-hmm. he just like uh, he's got this this last cigarette in his hand. And he just keeps talking about it. It's like a you know five or six minute long scene, which is just brilliant. And I went who the hell is that guy? When I found out it was Jim Jarmusch, I started watching his movies, right? It's really, it's a family story. It's uh, like, Thank You for Smoking, it's a character play, Mm -hmm. but it all just like takes place around this smoke shop that Harvey Keitel owns. But one of the most interesting things about the movie, which I've known a lot of people to emulate since, is he went out on the street corner out in front of his shop and set up a camera in the exact same place every day and took a photo at the exact same place, the exact same time of day on the exact same street corner, and then he'd go back, develop it, and put it in an album. and he had an album albums and albums and albums and albums of like 20 years on the same street corner from the same angle shooting the same shot right which is sort of one of the things that i think is like lived on past that that movie like i almost think that that device was bigger than the movie because i know a bunch of people who have sort of emulated that since well then let's talk about the
1: insider with our good friends russell crowe and al pacino
0: i thought this movie do you want to hear my
1: al pacino in, uh, impression okay, Oh, please do it
2: fuck you you like her cause she's got a great ass
0: <laughs> Both from the same movie and not even his best by any stretch. But it's
1: th- that's the, the only l- thing I can do. Those are his iconic <laughs> things. It's
2: yeah. the iconic thing about Al Pacino is he does his character and he does it well and then he shouts for no reason.
1: I just did Al Pacino. <laughs>
0: I guess that, when that, I saw him in the street corner,
2: that line ran <laughs> up to him. That that line is probably
0: actually in every movie yeah. Al Pacino's ever been in.
2: I'm not signing this contract unless I can show it. Fuck you at yeah. some point.
0: <laughs> the Insider is one of those movies that I think I mean, it was a good movie, but I thought it garnered far more accolades than it deserved. It didn't deserve all the awards that it won. That was my personal opinion.
1: That's because of these conspiracy.
0: Well, it's like the king's speech. You know, you like understand that it's like the most palatable out of all the choices. Hmm. So in 2011 or for 2010 the king's speech cleans up but was it the best movie of the year or did it deserve all those awards and all that accolades uh, i think it's kind of it's cresting it was just right place at the right time uh,
2: the insider is about Jeff- the uh, true story of jeffrey Wigand, who was a uh, tobacco executive who just basically decided to blow the whistle on the tobacco industry and say, yeah, we know that they're addictive and harmful.
0: And we've always known.
2: And uh, we've been trying to make it more addictive so that we can hook more people and sell more. But yeah. we've also been trying to make it less harmful. That was actually the proof that they knew that it was harmful because he had documents that proved that they were trying to make it less harmful right. yeah. so that they could, it, so they could have it super addictive but not kill off everybody. And then make lots of money and have people stop bugging them about it. Yeah. Re- again, a really powerful character portrayal. Like he's got this non disclosure agreement. He's not allowed to talk about these things, but mm-hmm. he's trying to get across as much as he can. Al Pacino's playing a, The uh, journalist. The journalist from yeah. Sixty Minutes. Yeah. Uh, and is trying to get the information out of him and it's so it's this really big, this is the right thing to do. I it's can't dance, say it. Right? Yeah. Great little dance.
0: It's another one of those things that, uh, you know, you get a, a guy who's known for being, you know, in shape and an action star and all this, that stuff. And you get him to put on 30, 40 pounds and all of a sudden Oscar talk.
2: Oscar talk. Oscar talk. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Oscar talk. We're going to talk about Oscars today. My name is Oscar. With me is Oscar and Oscar this is our oscar podcast should we talk about comics
1: sure wolverine smoked a lot yeah but he's got healing powers
2: that's right but doesn't he care about secondhand smoke
1: no he doesn't he, he doesn't, doesn't. He doesn't care about secondhand slashes either <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's like dr manhattan giving everybody cancer around them but with smoking instead of radiation yeah but it was
0: all a setup from ozymandias that's what they want you to believe <laughs> uh in
1: the x-files we had the smoking man
2: yeah oh, and yeah. Uh, what was
1: his deal He smoked a lot. But only clove cigarettes in real life. The the actor
2: was a non-smoker.
1: I've worked with him a couple of times.
2: I've seen him do a presentation on skepticism. Oh, really? He uh, did one for the uh, CFI Vancouver.
1: Center for Inquiry?
2: Yeah, Center for Inquiry.
1: Not the Center for Inquisition. That's different.
2: No. That one's much more
0: You would think the clove smoke would not be pleasant, though, either. Oh, no, it stinks. Like it's, it, it, the, the aroma is almost as bad or worse than actual cigarette smoke.
2: William B. Davis is the man who played him, and uh, Wikipedia notes, despite being known for a smoking character, Davis actually quit smoking in the 1970s. When the X-Files started up, he was given a choice between herbal cigarettes and actual cigarettes. At first, he chose the actual cigarettes, but switched to herbal shortly after for fear of becoming addicted again while playing the cigarette smoking
0: man. Yeah. In the movies, they always offer the actors these... Uh, uh, yeah, the herbal cigarettes, or if they want to smoke real cigarettes, the American spirit ones, the ones that are supposed to be preservative-free or whatever. Yeah. The actor's cigarette. Yeah. Ah, smooth.
2: Yeah, I've got some friends from America who insisted, oh, no, it's fine, I'm smoking American spirits, they're all natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what else is natural? Snake venom. Cyanide. Cyanide's natural. Cyanide's natural.
1: <laughs> and it's in your cigarette.
2: Also, a mountain lion tearing your guts out and feasting on your innards, that's also natural. Natural does not mean good.
0: Eggplant, even if it's organic, it's still terrible.
2: Ugh. The Flintstones. Uh, the Flintstones. Yeah,
0: the Flintstones first season was
1: sponsored by Winston Cigarettes, so they had they had animated, you know, it was a cartoon commercial
0: for cigarettes with Fred and Barney smoking Would up. Anybody have any idea when they started to phase out uh, cigarette advertising? Like in television.
2: The U.S. Congress passed the Public Health Cigarette Smoking Act, which banned the advertising of cigarettes on television and radio starting on January 2nd, 1971.
0: I remember like magazines and newspapers oh, yeah, and they all were this, in, that stuff. There that were was...
2: exceptions. You could still advertise, I believe it was in magazines. Magazines that the adult readership was at least eighty-five percent. So if you read Playboy or Penthouse, they would still have cigarette ads in them.
1: <laughs> Boy, right. did I read
2: those! <laughs> <Dead> good articles. <laughs> articles. That's <laughs> I what I call my
1: girlfriend's boobs, too.
0: I <laughs> I appreciated the quality of the photography. Because <laughs> I'm a camera nerd.
2: I'm not saying I didn't like it, but, you know, that only lasts so long. Mm-hmm. Then you got to do something else for the rest of the day. For
0: some of us, maybe. <laughs>
2: smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette.
3: Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death. Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you hate to make him wait. But you just got to have another cigarette. The Flintstones has been brought to you by Winston, America's best-selling, best-tasting
2: filter cigarette. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should.